0: Weekend Mornings with Glenn Van Zutphen. Replay from Money FM
1: 89.3. Weekend Mornings with Glenn Van Zutphen on Money FM 89.3. Our guest today knows a thing or two about rainy days and natural weather phenomenon, and that is Scott Alexander, the famed, storied BBC producer, spent over 20 years with BBC Studios' Natural History Unit. Scott is now series producer of the landmark natural history series, One Planet, Seven Worlds. Scott, welcome to Money FM. Hello. It's not often we have a genuine icon, in my humble estimation, on the show,
0: but we have one. This morning, I mean, Scott, before we get into the current show, maybe just tell the listeners a bit about your background and the kind of shows that you've worked on, because I guarantee they've seen all of them.
2: Well, I've spent uh, 20 years making natural history shows for the BBC, and I've done all sorts. I did Big Cat Live, uh, broadcasting live from the Mara, I've done children's shows, Deadly 60, I think some people might have heard of. That's the Steve bucks show. That's right, yeah. Yep. And if you're of a, a slightly older generation, the Really Wild Show, another children's show. Wow. But I've done series with um, David Attenborough, I did Life in Cold Blood. That was actually brought me here to Singapore 10 years ago. And we, by that time, I was spent most of the time in the mangroves. Um, but yeah, and just uh, finished producing Seven Worlds, One Planet.
0: What were you looking for in Life in Cold Blood in Singapore, just out of curiosity?
2: Uh, we were in the mangroves doing uh, some story about the mangrove crabs and, and snakes. So, oh yeah, right 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 yeah. and you mm. found them presumably yeah. oh yes yeah and I was there with Sir David yeah we had him yeah it was uh, very, very muddy very messy
0: but it was good fun <laughs> so how many years now have you worked with Sir David Attenborough he is of course narrating this new TV series I first started
2: working with David 10 years ago on a series called Life in Cold Blood, which is all about reptiles. I was the series director, so I went around the world with David uh, shooting all his pieces. And now I got to work with him again uh, on Seven Worlds, One Planet, hmm. where we've gone to all seven continents for, for the show. You know, e- Each one hour show, looking at
1: one of the continents. Scott Alexander, the BBC producer, joins us in the studio this morning on weekend mornings. Scott, how did you get started producing TV shows? Well, I've
2: always had a, a love of the outdoors. I think that's That's a real requirement. You know, I'm just as happy I see a sunset or a sunrise. It still makes me smile, you know. And then I studied um, zoology at university and then... Was looking for something to do. I didn't want to. I didn't want to wear a tie. I didn't want to wear a suit. And mm-hmm. thought, "Oh, okay, this just job here in TV looks quite. quite TV good fun. can't be that tough, right? Yeah, you yeah to right, exactly.
1: <laughs> so uh, no,
2: I started off um, as a you know as a researcher, uh, finding stories for for the shows, and just worked my way up really. But yeah, it's it's you know just you know sort of combining you know a passion for the outdoors and wildlife
0: really with with a, with the a, a job that I thought looked. Look good fun. And you've traveled the world extensively, obviously, with the shows, and particularly this new show, Seven Worlds, One Planet. I mean, just it must be inconceivably amazing. I mean, what are some of the highlights? What are some of the things that, even though 20 odd years, I'm sure you never get jaded, you still see things that make you go, just wow. You're right.
2: That's the best thing about this job. You get a chance to sort of um, go around the world and find these incredible new stories, and that's what's been really exciting for me. Is each time you get to work on a new show, you know, it's, it's finding those new stories. And, and Seven Worlds, One Planet has, has you know, we, we did really well. We found some lovely new stories. We've got new behaviour. We, we've well, the first time we've filmed dingoes, wild dogs in Australia mm. hunting kangaroos. Really, that, that had never been a successful hunt had never been filmed. We, we've captured mm. that. Uh, in Antarctica, we filmed the, probably the, the world's largest gathering of great worlds that's ever been seen and that's the sort of the thing that I really get a real buzz out of is finding these new stories and bringing them to our audience and showing them there's you know, even after all these shows we've made there is still amazing stuff to be seen so you know, that's that's my big passion we've even filmed a new species of spider that had never been filmed and I don't, mm. I don't know what you think about spiders not many people like them but I promise you once you see this spider it'll change your mind he has got the most amazing courtship dance and he, yeah. he, you know, he'll really win your heart over he's a really good little character
1: and where was that? where was the spider that part? was in
2: not Australia, yeah. yeah. Of course, they're all in yeah, Australia. Australia. I've seen yeah, yeah. quite a few of them <laughs> in Australia. Hey,
1: Scott, you know, we see the finished product, of course. We see the the amazing photography and the stories and the, the great narration by Sir David. But there is a lot of hard work and, and logistics that goes into putting these series together. It is not all just hanging out in the field and getting muddy with the mud crabs, right? I mean, you spend a lot of time, probably mo- most of the time, organizing things behind the scenes, right? Logistically?
2: Well, uh, I mean, this a project, you know, we, we've made seven hours of television which, you know but uh, it's taken us four years to yeah. do it so we spent the first year before we even did any filming was, was just researching finding these stories it's important that you know we, we get the you know new stories for people so we spent a, you know, a great deal of time in the office talking to scientists finding the latest stories and then Once you've got a good idea of the stories you want to film, we spend two years filming them. And, you know, we did probably 90 trips to 40 countries in two years. So, yeah, I mean, you know, know, we're we're pretty busy. um, And each trip can last up to eight weeks you can be away. You know, one trip to the Antarctica, we set sail on a boat and didn't come back into port for eight weeks. So, you know, Mm -hmm. you're on that boat for that
0: that full duration. Wonderful. Um, The longer you can spend on location, the better your stories will be. And you say seven... World's one planet. So you go to every continent on the planet. Now, I, that in itself is mind-boggling. How do you narrow it down at the planning stage? What What were the criteria? We go here, we don't go there. We look for this, we don't look for that. What was your criteria at the beginning?
2: Well, the first uh, criteria was, was new. We wanted new mm. stories. But also, we, so you know, we, but we also... I mean, it's really hard. You've got, you've got you know, sort of a, an hour to sort of like cover continents, something like Asia, where you've got the highest mountains, the t- you, know, the, you know, the Borneo, you've got the tallest jungles, the hottest deserts. You think, well, okay, what do you leave out? What do you put in? What do you leave out? Mm. But, we, you know, you've also you've got to have some of the animals that people expect to see and they want to see. But you can't just sort of put them in because, you, know, you know, people want to see a, 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 an elephant. But there's no point of you doing a story about elephants if it's something that people have seen before. Mm. And that was a real challenge with Africa. I mean, Africa has, is one of these continents that's you know, been filmed ad infinitum. Yet we've managed to find some lovely new stories. We've got a, we did find an elephant story. Uh, there's two male elephants uh, in Zimbabwe that... Uh, to have this incredible behaviour where they stand up on their hind legs to reach the fruits that are at the very wow. top of the trees, mm. and so in drought conditions they have this advantage. That, you know they can carry on feeding, but you know to see a, a sort of like a four ton elephant balancing on its hind legs like that is yeah. remarkable. <laughs> uh, yeah. So it, it, and we've got another story with cheetahs. With a coalition of five cheetahs hunting together with this incredible strategy where where four of the four of the cheetahs you know sort of go out in the open where they can be seen, and the fifth one slinks off to the side, and so so. So while the the prey are being distracted by this other four, this other one just sneaks up to the prey. It's an amazing sort of hunting strategy
1: that hadn't been seen before. With Scott Alexander, the BBC uh, producer of wildlife series.
0: And are are any of those things improvised? I imagine, as you say, you're the producer. You're going with a plan. But then do you sometimes capture something that you had no idea you were going to see or experience and then you have to change the narrative slightly?
2: Well, yeah, because wildlife doesn't necessarily follow the script. Of course, how you know, so, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. oh, dare they! Um, <laughs> you're the so, BBC after yeah. all. <laughs> <laughs> so we, we go. You go with the plan, um, but but you've got to be flexible because sometimes yeah. you know things don't don't go to don't go to plan, and also sometimes things start to happen you know, yeah. that better than you thought. You exactly. know, so you've just got to be aware of you know sort of, and be flexible while you're on location. And were there any
0: happy accidents like that where you just saw something and said that's in straight away? I'm sure there must have been.
2: Well, there was a, a case where we were filming uh, penguins in in South Georgia and we went to this incredible island. It takes six days sailing to get there. It's the most horrendous journey. Everyone's seasick. But once you get there, it's worth it. It's a real jewel, this place. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, it's, the wildlife there is incredible. There's half a million penguins on this beach. And, and we got there and we knew of a story where the meltwater from the glacier comes down it, mm. and it creates a river that cuts through the beach. And we thought, OK, and we know that some of the young penguins occasionally get swept away and drown. We thought, we could, you know, there's a, a story here. So mm. we got there. But, of course, it had been a year since anyone had been to this, this island. And the, the river course had changed and it no longer went through the, the penguin colony. So that story no longer existed. Right. So you, you, you've got there, you know, you've traveled, you know, for, for weeks to get there. And you think, well, what are we going to do? But on a place like that, where there's so much wildlife, there's always something happening. And we found a lovely story about a, a, a penguin chick and how it got lost within the colony, and then how it eventually finds its it you know gets to find its mother again. So you just have to you know you know just be aware and, and look out for the you know the stories that are, that are evolving right in front of your eyes.
0: That's extraordinary.
2: Uh, that's interesting. Extraordinary.
1: And you're doing the premiere tonight at Gardens by the Bay. What's that? What's that going to be like? Are you going to show one of the series? We're going to show th- the
2: opening show, which is Antarctica. Yeah, yeah.
1: So uh, I, mean, I can't wait to see it. To see it on the big screen, it's such
2: a treat. It yeah. really is. I mean, the, these things are shot at. Well, we're shooting at four K, even using eight K wow. cameras. So the quality is is incredible. And we've got, you know, Hans Zimmer, the Hollywood composer. Wow. He's he's done the music for this show. We've used the world's best wildlife cameraman. I mean, it, it really
0: it really will be a treat. Uh, you know, if, if you can get down there, please do. Yeah, it's at the Super Tree Grove Gardens by the Bay, uh, 7.30. It's on a massive screen, but I think it comes on BBC World... Uh, oh, BBC Earth. BBC Earth, sorry, BBC yep. Earth. Uh, the oh, whole series will oh. be there. Each episode is a different continent, uh, as you mentioned. Why do you think... I mean, Sir David Attenborough has been very vocal about the climate change in recent months, years. Why do you think this particular series is, is more important than ever?
2: Well, I think we've put conservation at the heart of the series. I, I think in the past mm. it's been given a little bit of lip service. It's maybe in the script, but it's not really in the, in the pictures. But mm. we've really sort of em, em, embraced the conservation stories uh, um, fully this time around. And, uh, for example, in the Antarctica show, there's a there's a story. Um, I won't give too much away, mm. but a, 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 it's quite a sad story about how the, the increasing storms, and the intensity of the storms in Antarctica, are causing trouble for the albatrosses down there, right. and they get blown off their nests unless they can get back on. You know, they they won't be you know, recognised by their parents. Mm. So we you know, we tell stories so that you know, sort of each continent we try and tell a. a a slightly different story so for example in Africa we've got a story um, a behaviour story about poaching in Australia we talk about how the arrival of humans and the introduced species have caused chaos with the natural native species so you know we tell all these conservation stories Yeah. but also we're careful it's not all doom and gloom we also you know we mm. want to you know, give people hope because I think you know we can do things. We can, you know, we can change things. Yeah. So, for example, in Antarctica, we talk about since the ban in whale hunting uh, has come into place in, in 1986, whale populations are recovering. So it's not too late. We can all just you know, do a little bit. You know, it doesn't have to be much, but if we just, you know, if we all just, you know, so, you know waste a little bit less, you know, you know, be more, you know, don't waste that food. You know, just switch yeah. off your lights when you go out the, out the room. Just little things like that, and you can make a big, big difference if enough
0: of us do it. So, yeah. well, that was going to be my question. You'd be the best person to answer this the most qualified arguably you've seen it, not everything but you've seen a lot of things across the seven continents you've seen some of the man-made uh, destruction what is your takeaway from that do, do we have a cause for optimism do you see things where we can? Make amends or save certain habitats. What, what, what do you come away from with this? I think we've we've got to be
2: optimistic. One thing that Seven Worlds shows you is incredible and wonderful diversity of life that this planet has. You know, and so what I would hope is, you know, if you see that and you'll think, well, it's, you know, let's let's do something. It's a fragile. Let's do something to look mm. after it. But we can. I mean, Blue Planet Two, the effect that had on yeah. single-use plastic. What's so lovely to see now is so many people you look you see now they're they using refillable water bottles. You've got one yourself, you know, Thank you. Right. and the, you know, that's a tiny th- thing to do, really, isn't it? It, it doesn't mm. take much to get you know t- you know to change your habit there, and that's made a massive difference on the amount of plastic that's going into sure. the environment. There's reason for hope. I think people are re- people realise that and they're they're ready to do what they can to help you know to help save you know uh, you know save well not save the planet but keep the planet as a- such a wonderful place that it is. Yeah.
0: And do you see evolution being applied to animals as well? in the sense that you see we have to adapt. You mentioned single-use plastics, but you also see animals adapt in the wild to their changing circumstances. I'm looking at Mm. some of the examples you have. I mean, you've now spotted, I believe, polar bears using a hunting strategy to catch whales, is that correct? That's never been seen before.
2: That's right. Yeah. So up in, in the Hudson Bay, well, we don't know how, whether they've been doing it for, for years or not, but mm. you know, but it's certainly a strategy that lets them find food in the summer months when it's usually quite a hard time for polar bears. So, uh, so yeah, I think the, the wildlife has to adapt. The greatest thing is that the biggest challenge wildlife faces is normally it has thousands and thousands, millions of years to adapt. But the changes that are happening now are happening so fast that some of the wildlife will struggle. You know, we've got to change
1: our habits, really. The series is Seven Worlds, One Planet. Uh, tonight is the premiere at the Gardens by the Bay, by the Supertrees. Um, but the series itself premieres on Monday, this coming Monday, at 9 p.m. on BBC Earth. That's Starhub Channel 407. And you can download and watch the series on the BBC Player, as well as on Apple and Google Play. Uh, our guest has been Scott Alexander, BBC producer of that series. Scott, thank you so much for coming and taking some time to talk with us on weekend mornings. No, thank you. It's been great testing.
0: To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SPH radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.